It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Good evening, and welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's also 4 p.m. Mountain Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, February the 17th, and we are back live in beautiful Austin, Texas, and it is a gorgeous day out there. It's just perfect weather and the sun is shining. It's not too hot, not too cold. I hope that you're comfortable wherever you are listening to this program. Um, Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this show, is here with us to make the program run. And we have a great show in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from Colorado Springs by certified health and wellness coach and motivational speaker, founder of Elaine's Transitional Coaching, Elaine Nolte. And I got to meet Elaine at my book signing in Manitou Springs in October, and we got to talking, and she has a lot to say about helping people overcome obstacles towards better health, fitness, and wellness for mind and body. So you'll want to listen to that. And then later in the program, we'll be joined once again by our friend, jazz singer, songwriter, and pianist, Austin's own Sharon Bourbonnet. And along the way, I will be discussing how realistic optimism is good for you, good for your health, and will help you to live a passionate life and stay on the path through the ups and downs toward your dreams. And I'll give a little sneak peek into my book, The Passionate Life. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guest, the toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with all of the website links given by my guests on the program. And so you'll want to check later tonight or early tomorrow morning. It'll be there. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends, if you don't want to wait, by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information about previous programs and to read the read the what we did on those programs, listen to the shows, get all the website links from those shows and pictures. Um, also to find out about my upcoming course, to find out about buying my book, uh, to watch videos of interviews that we have done live in the studio with guests who are here in Austin. Uh, 
and a whole lot more. Read my blog in Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and Savannah East. Go to my website. That's a one-stop shop, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And to listen to all the programs that we have done here with Blog Talk Radio for the past five years, Go to blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years. Also, be sure to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, because on Facebook, I give you information about upcoming events, upcoming shows, book signings, anything that is coming soon. And you'll also um, get the links to the shows and to the blogs as soon as they are posted. So following me on Facebook kind of gives you a heads up on what's going on. So I would say check my website and follow me on Facebook. All right. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and with caregivers. And for the past few years, I've also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this really great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, check out their website, heroesnightout.org. Do you want to contact me? Um, Do you have something that you want me to know about or a question that you want to ask me? Feel free to send me an email to Dr. Mara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, or go through my website and click on Contact, or give me a call. My phone number is 512-626. Six nine seven three. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald Devere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can give him a call at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by Storyhouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break and play a few of our sponsors' commercials, but don't go anywhere because we'll be back very soon, and when we come back, we'll be joined on the phone from Colorado Springs by certified health and wellness coach and motivational speaker, founder of Elaine's Traditional Coaching, Elaine Nolt. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. 
about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on drmaracarpell.com and on blogtalkradio.com. And now joining me on the phone from Colorado Springs, we have certified health and wellness coach and motivational speaker and founder of Elaine's Traditional Coaching. Elaine. Hello there. Welcome, Elaine. Hi, how are you? Hi, hi, good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. How are things up in Colorado? Very, very cold. Really? (laughs) So, yeah, we're going through kind of a cold snap here, but it's February. That's what you can expect. And in Colorado, that's kind of the thing. So, yeah. But if you don't like it, you just wait a day. Right. We'll probably get that here. I hear that we usually get the cold fronts coming from Colorado. That's true. (laughs) It's beautiful today. So, so Elaine, before we talk about what you do, maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of information about your background and what led you to starting your company. Yes, of course. Um, well, we all have a story to tell, and uh, my story was years in corporate, then a couple of decades of running my own business, and through that time, and then going back to corporate and raising three girls, and you know everything that comes with life. Um, I just found myself not having the energy I wanted. Um, being stressed as everyone is and Mm -hmm. just not really able to get ahead of it. And so with all my experience of background in nutrition, business, psychology, uh, life experiences, I was led into this wonderful career by a couple people who basically said to me, why aren't you doing this? And as I use them for bettering myself in 
focusing on what was important and how to not take it out on my body or my mind, um, it just became what I call the glass slipper career. And for the last five years, I've just been studying under experts and learning as much as I can every day so that I'm able to help everyone else that's kind of going through the pains and struggles of, um, I didn't know it was this so it was going to be so hard to grow up, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do, you know, what is your typical client like? You know, that's funny. You try to find the common thread. And I'd say the common thread of my clients are those who they know what they're, quote, unquote, supposed to do. Um, And for whatever reason, they just can't do it on their own. From someone in their mid-40s that's just dealing with the stresses of owning their own business with their partner and trying to do all the other roles uh, that a female takes on, honestly, to the retired guy that uh, he doesn't want to be on antidepressants, but, you know, what's going on with my life? So, you know, going to that spectrum, the, the common thread is you're kind of my last resort my last resort. I don't want to feel this way. I know I can feel better. I know I can still accomplish so much in my life. And how do I, how do I do it? You know, how do I put all these pieces Mm -hmm. together of everything I'm constantly hearing? So do you mainly focus on the nutrition and the fitness aspect or is it more holistic? Uh, more holistic, heart-centered, but I do have foundations, of course, that, you know, one of the pillars is nutrition. One of the pillars is activity, I call it. Um, and within those two, I don't turn everyone into rabbits eating salad or rats that they have to go to the gym. That's not what it's about. So the activity, the nutrition, you know, the stresses, uh, how they're taking things on and how those are manifesting into symptoms. And honestly, relationships do come into it as well, whether it's a relationship with your boss, your team, at home, your family, your friends. Um, there's There's an overlap of all of those. But I specifically work with brain and gut health and how that impacts the the mind and how it mm-hmm. impacts just your performance in the day. Right, right. And I love that topic of food and mood. Right, how your what uh-huh. you eat affects. Yeah. So, you know, can you give us an example of that of how you know our food and what we choose to eat during the day affects our ability to handle stress and our mood. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we're all on a course of quick inconvenience and whatever's in front of me, it's going to work. And I have to eat in the car or eat while I'm writing emails or I haven't eaten all day, so I'm going to eat at 10 o'clock at night. You know, the timing and the activity has a huge impact on how you feel yourself, how your body is going to turn what you're giving it into something it can use. But on top of that is what are we doing? You know, what are we choosing? And again, the convenience and the ease and the quickness, unfortunately, makes us make decisions that isn't the 
healthiest that we could be doing. So as I take my clients through my program, we identify the foods that give them energy and the foods that take them away. And for instance, everybody's kind of on the kick of coffee and a muffin or coffee and a bagel in the morning. But if you look at how those two things alone kind of set the course of your day, it's going to give you this uplift, but then a couple hours later, you're going to have this downturn, and then you're going to want to repeat it. Oh, I need another cup of coffee. Then you get to lunch, and then you eat you know, heavy food or something quick, um, and, or you eat something that gives you an incredible sweet craving, which you know, is sugar is an addiction. And we, we kind of go through the day with making these fast choices and, and, and eating things that we think are okay. But what happens is our body can't utilize that. And so we're just continuing this up and down cycle of a rush and a, and a down and a rush and a down. Mm-hmm. And then when we think of our moods and how we react and our attitudes and our moods and just our energy levels, we can definitely go back to, okay, what is the connection between how we feel and what we ate? And so as I take my clients through, it's an aha experience for them to go, wow, you know, this is the way I felt after doing, eating this, and this is then how I reacted. And as we work together, they see the, that, well, maybe this isn't the best choice for me. Let's try something different. And that's when it's right. fun, when they go, oh, my God, I never knew how good it felt to feel good. And that's, yeah. that's the turning point. Yeah. So... You know, for listeners who might be wondering, well, what do I have instead of a muffin and coffee? That's what I'm used to, or, you know, or I have to sit at my desk at work because I have so much work. Um, you know, when I, during, I work through lunch and eat while I'm working, what, what sort of tips, you know, I know that this isn't a whole counseling session and you would be much more custom, you know, it'd be custom made for your clients, but just in general, um, what tips well, in would general, you have? Yeah, in general, the best way to look at it is, is am, I meeting, am I eating something that was manufactured or am I eating something that's actually a food? And that's the great first step is are we eating out of a box in a plastic container or are we able to really eat foods that we can distinguish what they are and where they came from? And people say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to go shopping. Well, at some point you do have time to get in a drive-up line or you do have time to go to a convenience store. And so we work together in what works with their lifestyle, what's going to promote the habit of, hey, let's just start making some smooth changes here. Even with my daughters at college, you know, no time. I get up, I go to class, I go to work, you know, and it, and it you know, set repeat. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of all on that. And so what I recommend is can you do something like a smoothie, for instance? Can you do some kind mm. of shake? Can you put it in a container? Can you at least... Get some nutrients where you know where they came from. And then when it comes to lunch, you know, if you're if you're eating a sandwich, where does that bread come from? Is it mostly seeds or is it mostly like a Wonder Bread? What are you putting on it? Um, you know, we make our choice. Are we slathering it with ranch sauce or, or something like that? Or can we just really use something more unique? 
right? And so mm-hmm. it's little little tiny changes of let's let's just go to something that looks good and has color and has some kind of nutrition and you can pretty much go back to the source of where it came from. And so that's, that's the first step. Yeah. You know, in my experience, and I know that um, people often feel overwhelmed when they try to change their eating habits, they get very scared of doing it. What am I going to eat? And maybe feel depressed that they can't eat what they used to eat or there's going to be a lot of effort. But in my experience, when I have, you know, gotten myself back on track, right, after going off track and I start really focusing on what I'm, what I'm eating and trying to eat more healthy, that I actually get excited about it. Do you find that that happens with your clients, that people start to get really excited about eating healthy food and thinking more yeah, about do. what they, they put do. in their body? That's a very good. That's a very good point. They do get excited, honestly, um, and it is difficult. The brain does not want to change, um, even when it's a painful experience. We won't change until what we're changing to gives us a notion that it's going to be a little less pain, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, any change is hard. It's like, oh my God, I have really have to do this. But, you know. When they have the goal of of feeling more vibrant, you know, knowing that they can turn their energy from storage into using it and and they feel better and they sleep better, when these things start changing, then it's it's interesting that the brain actually can make that change, and people will come back to me and go, "Oh my gosh, I used to um always buy things on those point of purchase. You know, when I'm waiting at the drugstore, for instance, to get something, I'd always pick up three or four things. But gosh, that that happened yesterday. And I I came home and I, I didn't, I realized I didn't even look at all those things. And so your brain and your intuition, if you will, is going to work to your favor. It's going to work with you that, wow, you're, you're giving me things I can use in the payback is you're going to be in a better mood, you're going to feel better, and guess what? You're not going to be be sidetracked by those things that you used to fall into the trap of. And and so, mm-hmm. yeah, if you give yourself a little bit of patience and say, well, I know the end result is I'm going to look good, I'm going to feel good, I'm going to act well, I'm going to, you know, my relationships are going to improve, I'm going to have less stress at work, you know, I won't chew out people on the road, it's funny, all these things go together. It's like Dr. Hyman just spoke on stress in the brain, and he, he was making the correlation with food. And it, it's so interesting that, that when you start feeding yourself nutrition, the things that you maybe get mad at yourself about, like, why did I lose control? Oh, my gosh. You know, those things happen less and less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it is exciting to use your word. Yeah. It is exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, the reason that I have a, a chapter about it in my book is because I feel like you can't really have a passionate life and follow your dreams if you're not fueling yourself with healthy nutrition. Exactly. So it helps you to follow your dreams. And then, you know, um, as 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 you know and your own experience and and also 
when I met you at the book signing, there was someone there who had changed her whole life by eating more nutritious food and losing quite a bit of weight, and that became her passion. Right. Sometimes it becomes the passion. Right. Exactly. Like I had someone just recently lose about 30 pounds, and he said, People are actually asking him, wow, what are you doing? And he, and you know, he was one that said um, they'd invite him out, you know, to lunch and he'd say, I'll go, but I'm going to be, you know, specific about what I order. And they're like, wow, what are you doing? And he, and he said he was able to explain to them how good it feels to feel good. And he said, once you turn that corner again, it's it's like you don't want the things that you know will make you feel bad. And nutrition is such people need to understand it's such a foundation of everything. If if you want to change your outlook on life, if you want to change how you're contributing to relationships, if you want to God, get rid of that badge of honor that we call stress, you know, if we want to decrease that a little bit, that it, it to nutrition. And it's not as easy mm-hmm. as it was 40, 50 years ago. It takes a little more effort and work. It really does. Um, but as people get support and are held accountable and then get to these milestones, then they don't want to go back. Right. Yeah. Right. So because now, like you say, you now would... they can see their dreams ahead of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it becomes uh, something that they're passionate about. Right. Right. Exactly. So one of the things that we talked about before this program was these diets, these, you know, really quick diets where people want a quick fix. Um, what do you think about, like, the, for example, the keto diet that is now the now the big rage? <laughs> right, right. You know, it, um, there are good points to it um, in the things that they're recommending. And uh, I had a client on that before she met me. And she was feeling really good. Um, the thing we have to be careful of with any short-term quick fix is to keep in mind it is a short-term quick fix. Yes, it might have very healthy ramifications, but if you really were on it long-term, I would encourage people to research the side effects of being on things like that long term. You know, one of the doctors I was listening to, I think it might have been Dean Ornish, you know, he was saying that, um, you know, you have to be careful with the keto diet specifically because of thyroid issues. And I don't want to quote him. I don't remember for sure if it was him. But, um, you know, when you are being so strict on, on something, you want to be careful of really like any medication too. What are the side effects? Okay. It's helping mm-hmm. this, but it might be hindering that. And, and so again, I, I just encourage people to, to really take note of what foods are doing to them. You know, after they eat something, do they have energy or do they feel like taking a nap? Do they, are they more maybe irritable or are they, you know, just kind of having a hard time with, with as you say, memory fog, right? Um, and there mm-hmm. is a direct correlation. So I would encourage people, again, to whatever they're doing in terms of health, 
just keep track of how they feel. You know, and if they have sustained energy through the day, then okay, this is probably a good direction to go. Right. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed is that when, you know, and I have tried a very strict diet, um, I don't feel good for the first few days. And and then people will say, oh, yeah, you just have to get through that. That's your body detoxing. Does that make sense? (laughs) You know, there are gentle ways to, quote, unquote, detox. You know, you certainly don't want to do something dramatic for three or four days, yet, you know, the diabetic professionals are all also saying, guys, you can just drink water for a day, and that can be a good intermittent fasting. You know, the whole thing with why you might not feel good is, you know, really take note of why you don't feel good. Um, what is it that you're really eating, and does it have nutritional value to you? Um if it's not providing good vitamins and minerals and and things like that, then you might be basically starving yourself. And that's mm-hmm. going to create that, oh, I don't feel so good. I feel lethargic. I feel like, God, I can't remember anything. Oh, maybe I need a nap. You know, and, and what I'd say for sure is you could be dehydrated too. So be very careful of that. You know, with everyone I've studied under, the number one thing is you got to drink water. And I don't care how you do it, you know, add add citrus to it, add berries to it, add cucumbers to it. So that all those good nutrients will come out in the water, but drink water. You know, the first sign of dehydration mm-hmm. is fatigue. And when my girls were taking exams, I'd say, you take your water bottle, you know. It's not the fact that maybe you got short sleep, but you got to hydrate yourself. And I would recommend that, you know, that's the first thing you'd you'd probably want to ask yourself is really how am I doing on just hydrating myself? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And it it seems like, you know, these diets, these sad diets are not sustainable. But, you know, like you said, long term, but it seems like people do it. They lose the weight, then they start eating the food they were eating before, and they put it back on maybe even more. Well, of course, of course, because they haven't <laughs> changed their habits. They haven't understood what's really good for them. You know, they're so interested in what the scale says. And, you know, more than what the scale says is let's, you know, decrease the sugar. Let's decrease the chemicals. Let's drink more water now. How are things fitting? How are you doing? How's your energy level? You know, do you have the energy to be with the people you want to be with? Do you have the energy to go take a walk, to get outside, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And when we keep looking at the scale or when we're so concerned with pounds and calories, then that just leads you down the road of deprivation and suffering. And I'm sorry, nobody wants to do that. And right. <laughs> that's no fun, right? I mean, uh-huh. <laughs> we got a lot of enough things to worry about. We don't need to worry about this, and then that causes more stress. And, oh, my God, I've gained two pounds, or I haven't lost any weight. I'm doing all this work. Oh, my God. Well, then you stress out, and then your cortisol shoots up, and then you're in that constant, you know, low level of stress. And is that helping? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so, you know, it's a gentle approach. If if, if it took you, I had a client, he said every time he got promoted, he gained 10 pounds. 
okay, well, you're not going to lose that in three weeks, right? And if you do lose some of that in three weeks, it's going to come back pretty quickly. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take you 20 years to lose it, but we want to be gentle. This is a machine, you know? We're a Ferrari, we're a Maserati, man, and we gotta, we got to be gentle and we got to take care of ourselves and we have to be very concerned with how, what kind of fuel are we putting in our bodies. And as we turn the corner to health and our bodies figure out that, wow, you're giving me some really good stuff, I can use this, then things start to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, and that's when you develop better habits. Right. Or like and you long. don't think like, oh, I have to change my habit. Oh, I have to do this for three day, three weeks or 28 days or all these magic rules, right? It just becomes a habit because it's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, think of anything you do. You do it because you want to do it. And sure, there's things that you don't want to do, but we try to minimize that. It's like, what, you know, what's really in your control, what's not in your control and so that's another piece that comes into it, you know, is what, where are you putting your attention? And mm-hmm. we want you to put your attention on this body, you know, it wants to be healthy. So how can we help it be healthy? You know, how, how many things can we do to really help it out here? So, so do you have an age limit with of clients that you see? No, no, my, 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 one of my star clients, she just turned 72 and we've been working together for over two years. And when, when we met, he's like, I don't want to take antidepressants, but I don't know what's going on. You know, retirement, it's just kind of not what I pictured. Within a year and a half, he summited Mount Kilimanjaro and, uh, wow. he, yeah, at age 71 last year, and he beat out two 20-somethings that are professional soccer players. Wow. You know, and I'm not saying everyone's going to, you know, you know, summit this grand peak in the world, but, um, you know, there's no limit to the age. We only limit ourselves. If we write mm-hmm. things off, well, I'm too old for that, or I used to do that, or so-and-so says I can't do that anymore. Now, obviously, you have doctors you know, um, supervision on some of this stuff. Right, sure. My my whole point is we limit ourselves. We say, well, now I'm over 50, I really can't do that anymore. Or Mm -hmm. whatever that that reason is. And that's where I come in and go, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And so when you get to the why, then the age goes out the window. I tell people, you only need your age for a passport. Other than that, right. why? why do you need it? Why do you even exactly. need to talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I like agree. you said at the beginning, what, what are your dreams? What do you want to do? How are we going to get there? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, you know, how are we going to do this so that you're just enjoying the heck out of everything? And he is. He's enjoying right. life incredibly. He's, he's more patient. He's, you know, his relationships are healthier. He's traveling. I mean, he's, you know... His family is like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you know, because he's been consistent yeah. on that. But, again, you know, he's the one that came up with, if I would have known how good it feels to feel good, I would have done this a long time ago, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So 
So I have listeners all over the place, not just in Colorado Springs. Can you help people that are out of town that are not local to you? Oh, absolutely. I've got people on the East Coast and the West Coast right now. Um, it's it's and because people are on schedules too. They don't they don't have a lot of time to come to me, meet with me, and then go back to wherever they were. And so. It's very, very easy to talk to me on the phone, over Skype, you know, on, on Zoom, um, because we have that connection and we work together and, and we, we have the system. And so, yeah, I'm, I can work with anybody anywhere. Great. So if, if anybody out there is interested in finding out more about you and maybe, um, you know, ha- working with you, how can they connect with you and how can they find out about you thank you they can connect with me i'm on facebook um elaine nolt and that's spelled with an a <laughs> a-l-a-i-n-e elaine nolt on mm-hmm. facebook i also have uh, my business page elaine's transitional coaching i'm on linkedin and they can email me at elaine nolt at msn.com All right. I'm writing all that down because I'm going to post that on my website. Um, If anybody missed all of that, they can go there and they can get those links. So let me just go through that again. Or if they can't write that fast, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. So Facebook is Elaine Nolt, A-L-A-I-N-E-N-O-L-T. And your business Uh page is Elaine's Transitional Coaching. Correct. And your... Your email is Elaine Nolt at msn.com. msn.com. Okay, that was And good. I also have a website, elainenolt.com. It is kind of under a reconstruction, so, um, but you, it, it, you know, it's out there as well, but it is being redesigned and, and revamped and all that fun stuff. But that's elainenolt.com. Okay. Great. So I will have all of that on my website um, post about this show, and um, the and there will be links so people can just actually just click on it, and it will take them to all of those sites. So thank you so much, Elaine, for coming on and talking about this. It's, it's one of my favorite topics, and it's really, really important. It is. It is. And I just want everyone to know that – you know, the change might not be super easy. It's not going to be overnight. But everyone is capable of having energy and feeling good about life. And um, it's really not that hard. And I and I mm-hmm. hope that people are encouraged that there is a different way. There is a better way. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. And... Um, and you have a good evening, and let's stay in touch. Thank you. Thank have, you. I appreciate it. You thank you so sometime. much for this time. I would love that. Thank you for the time. Yeah. Thank you to all your listeners. And, uh, yeah, you have a good evening as well. You too. Have a good evening. Stay warm. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so stick around. We're going to take a brief break, and we have lots more to come. So we'll be right back. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle. 
and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on drmaricarpell.com and on blogtalkradio.com. And before I go into the topic of realistic optimism, um, I just want to catch you up on some news. So if you weren't listening last week or you don't get my newsletter, which I I highly recommend getting my newsletter. I I really won't bother you often, but I do send you uh, news that might be interesting to you. Um, You can do that at my website. Um, I was interviewed on Wednesday by Judy Maggio here on Austin's local PBS station, which is KLRU, on their Facebook Live. They have a program on Facebook Live. And... um, Judy Maggio, for those of you who are in Austin, you might you might recognize that name outside of Austin. Um, Judy Maggio was the anchor for over 30 years on major networks on um, ABC and then CBS. And now she's with PBS and she does, um, you know, it gives her the opportunity to do more in-depth stories. And um, February has been pronounced by KLRU to be aging in Austin month. So she invited me on the program to talk about my book and talk as well as talk about issues more specific to growing older and even more specific to growing older in Austin. But but most of it was pretty general about aging and following our dreams and um, all of the things that I wrote about in The Passionate Life, which is really for everyone, not just people who are growing older, but I include um, that in my writing, just like I do here on the show. So you can watch that video of the interview. You have to have Facebook because it's a Facebook live interview. And so in order to view it, it has to be through Facebook, but you can do that. Um, by looking at my website, um, I have it. I have the link to it on um, my publications page, on my radio show page, and you can also find it on my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, or you can go directly to KLRU's Facebook page. It was about a 20-minute interview, and. I really had a fun time. Judy made it so easy. So, um, you know, I felt very comfortable and we really had a good conversation. And I hope that um, people got some, you know, good information from it and some good tips from it. So check that out. And I'm looking forward to doing more interviews on television, on radio, wherever. Uh, Facebook Live is a new venue for these. So, it was a lot of fun. And then the other news, um, a couple of weeks ago, I published uh, my latest blog in Medium. It was also published in thriveglobal.com. That's Ariana Huffington's new online publication for health and wellness. And now I I write 
as well for Savannah East, which they sell a lot of clothes and um, you know, meditation supplies, things like that. And they also have a blog. So um, I wrote one blog. It's in all three places. And it's about um, getting back on track, basically. It's called Nine Ways to Surrender into 2019 and to Dissolve the Wall Blocking Our Creativity. So it is tip number two in the series of Living a Passionate Life in 2019. And um, I plan to do a nine-tip series. Um, living a passionate life this year. So stay tuned for that. And you can get all of my blogs by going to my website and um, my blog page on my website and by following me on Facebook. You will see when, as soon as the the blog is published. Um, The other little piece of news is that I am going to be at a book festival, if you're in the if you're in the Austin or Killeen area, I will be up in Killeen on March the 9th. Let me just find that right here. March the 9th, um, it's the Take 190 Book Festival because it's on 190, <laughs> on Route 190, at the Colleen Convention Center, which is right near Ford Hood. And it's on Saturday, March the 9th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there's also going to be artwork at the festival. It sounds like a really great festival, and I believe that it's public, and they have all kinds of prizes. So if you're interested in coming up there and, and – um, Going to the festival, I would love to meet you. Come by my table. And if you want to buy a book, I'll be selling books there. If you already have a book, I'll sign it for you if you like. And we can just chat. All right. So enough with the news. I, As I mentioned, I want to talk about um, optimism. And I've talked about this before on this program and I've written about it in blogs and it's in my book. It's a, you know, I talk about realistic optimism, but I really think it's important because I think you, I believe that you really need to have a level of optimism to, to want to follow your dreams. So if you're a pessimist, if you don't even have a little tiny sliver, a little spark of optimism, then probably not even listening to the program. So, uh, you know, I think everybody who is listening to this show at least has a tiny spark of optimism and wants to feel more optimistic because um, optimists are, are people who are more likely to be interested in things that will help them, while pessimists will say, what's the point? Um, so I think somebody who's completely 100% pessimistic isn't going to listen to this program. Um, you might be a little bit pessimistic, but you have a tiny little bit of optimism, a little sliver that you're looking to grow, and that might be you listening to this program and listening to people like Elaine who wants to help you to eat healthier and get into better shape and better fitness and feel better through your um, taking care of your body 
as well as your mind. Um, so, so having optimism is what gives us the fuel to be able to do things that may not be that easy um, to do, changing our habits like Elaine has spoken about. They're not, it's not that easy to do, but having a little bit of optimism helps us to feel like we can do it and we want to do it and, and we're willing to take the risk and try. So if you want to follow your dreams, if you want to have a passionate life, then it's really important to focus on having more optimism, being more willing to take the risk, to do things that will feel good and will increase the joy in your life. Um, and sometimes they are risky things. Um, some sometimes, and I've spoken about this. Sometimes, when we take steps to try to improve our life or follow our path of our dreams, we run into um, criticism from other people. Um, people don't necessarily want to see us improving our lives because it makes them feel bad about their own life. They may feel jealous. It makes them feel like, uh-oh, now I have to do the work. If you're doing the work, it's going to make me look bad if I'm not doing the work. So they don't want you to. Or they're scared for you. They're nervous about you taking a risk. Um, or it's different. It's just different. So if, even if you're changing your eating, how is that hurting another person? But believe me, I've run into people who have criticized me for not eating meat. It seems kind of strange unless you're a, a rancher that you would really, or an owner of a steakhouse that you would really care whether I eat meat or not. But there are people who have criticized that because it made them have to think about their own eating habits, even though I didn't tell them not to eat meat. But it made them feel like, well, if you're not eating meat, it means that maybe I'm not supposed to be eating meat and I don't want to give this up. And I, not told anybody they shouldn't eat meat. It's a personal choice. I just suggested that whatever you eat, eat more fresh fruits and vegetables along with it, right? Try to cut back on sugar, all the things that Elaine was talking about. Um, so there are risks involved in relationships. There are risks involved. Maybe following your dream means that you're changing your career, and that's risky. But you have to have some optimism that in order to do it. So what is optimism? Um, what is realistic optimism? So I think it's kind of dangerous to be op completely optimistic about everything and have the, you know, rose-colored glasses, as they say, where everything is wonderful and um you know, everything is going to go great because there are always bumps in the road. And um, if you have that attitude that everything is going to be great all the time and then you run into a bump and you don't expect it, it can lead to severe disappointment and disillusionment and completely giving up. Um, it also can lead to people not doing the things that they need to do for their health and wellness. So um, if somebody 
thinks that everything is going to be wonderful no matter what they eat, for example, they're not going to be looking at eating healthier food where they may not go to the doctor and have to see that they're still doing okay. Um, So any extreme is really not healthy either. But realistic optimism is more of an understanding that there are bumps in the road and it's not all things aren't always going to go smoothly and things aren't always going to feel good that we're going to have times where we feel sad and angry um, and that's okay and being realistically optimistic means that you understand that you're strong enough to get through it and that you'll be okay at the other side. Um, It means that you go to the doctor and have your blood tests and you're optimistic that you will be able to work through whatever issue comes up from the blood test. Being realistically optimistic with regard to eating and diet and following a, a program like Elaine's means that stand that Yes, I'm overweight and I have diabetes and, um, you know, I really need to take care of this or or I'm going down a dangerous path, but I'm optimistic that I can do it. I might need some help and I'm going to look around for the right person to help me and we're going to work together and we're we're going to get me on the right path and I'm looking forward to feeling good. So that would be realistic optimism. Um, Maybe taking a test in school and understanding that it's a hard test. This is a hard subject that, um, that I'm studying in school. I need to study for it. Um, But I feel optimistic that if I study hard enough, there's a good chance that I'll do well. And if I don't do well, I'm I'm still going to be okay, right? It's not the end of the world. I'll figure out what I did wrong and I'll do better next time or I'll reevaluate. Maybe this isn't the right. Oh, there was, there was a great, uh, very well-known psychologist, um, Dr. Martin Seligman. And when I started graduate school um, in the 80s, he was, or actually when I was in undergraduate in the early 80s, Um, He was well known for his work in depression, and he had done a study about learned helplessness. And um, in that study, he had, uh, I don't think the study would be allowed now because it wouldn't pass the um, humane research guidelines. Um, But at that time, they did animal testing, and it was, I I don't fault Dr. Seligman for it because it was just a common thing at that time, but I don't think he would do that now, uh, knowing what we know. But what they did um, was they had dogs um, in a cage and they would electrify the cage for very, very low electricity. So they would get little tiny shocks on their feet and there was no place that they could go to get any sort of relief. And then they he took those dogs and he put them in a cage where there was a little a little barrier that they could jump over and on the other side the floor was not electrified. 
And he found that those dogs that had not been originally in the cage that was electrified would know where to go, would easily just jump over the barrier and go to the side with no electricity for relief. But the dogs who were had been in that cage where they had nowhere to go, they didn't even bother climbing over the barrier and they would just stay on the electrified side. And and he likened that to he said that the dogs were depressed and he called it learned helplessness and he likened that to humans who become depressed, that we become we become complete pessimists. When we're depressed, we think that there is just nothing that we can do to get ourselves out of it and to make our situation better. And then later on, he became famous for looking at the opposite of that, that he decided to focus on positive psychology and how we can learn how to become optimists. And he did a lot of research on on learned optimism and he found that human beings are mostly mostly tend to be pessimistic, but that there are things that we can do and there are habits that we can add to our lives that will increase our optimism. And, you know, some people are born optimistic, but very few of us. And if that you're one of those people, then congratulations. But we're not born with that. And I think, um, you know, the media uh, with commercials that are mostly based in fear, you need to buy this product or something terrible will happen to you. And just all of the things that we learn, we learn to be pessimists, even if we were born optimistic. And so we can train ourselves to be optimistic. And the benefit for um, training ourselves to be optimistic is that we're more likely to follow our dreams if we're more optimistic. We're more likely to live a more passionate life that we are interested in, in doing things and we are willing to take the risk to do those things and to find meaning in our lives. And we're more likely to live longer because we people who are optimistic are more likely to go to the doctor and and test take the test to see how they're doing. They're more likely to follow regimens to help themselves with any sort of health issue. Um, they're more likely to use the services of someone like Elaine to become healthier in the way that they eat more likely to exercise, um, all of these things that help us to have a healthier, more vibrant and uh, life filled with vitality um, when we have optimism. Um, the other thing is that pessimists tend to become depressed, right? As I mentioned, learned helplessness by those dogs um, where it was likened to depression in human beings. And so if we think that there's nothing that we can do to improve our situation, we're more likely to become depressed. And it's no fun to live with depression, and people with depression very often get sick. They have a higher rate of um, life-threatening threatening illnesses. And just life isn't pleasant when you're depressed, um, so it has less side effects than medication is learning to be more optimistic. And so there are several things that you can do to become 
a realistic optimist. And I list them in my book, but I will read some of them to you. I, I wrote in here nine steps to become a realistic optimist. The first one is to combine a positive attitude with an honest evaluation of the challenges that you may encounter on your path, along with imagining what it is you'd like the outcome to be. So spend some time using some imagery and imagining what it would really feel like to have your dream come true on whatever path you're taking, whether it's um, losing weight or getting healthier um, or um, starting a new career path or whatever it is that you want to do, taking a class, could you imagine what it would feel like to achieve your dream? But also imagine um, what obstacles you're likely to encounter along your path because you are likely to encounter obstacles along your path. That is just um, how it works in life. Nothing is smooth. No path is straight. And when you imagine what obstacles you might encounter, rather than giving up or being discouraged, ask yourself what you can do to overcome those obstacles or go around them. So, for example, if you're planning to return to school, um, imagine obstacles along the way to achieving your degree. For example, as I mentioned before, taking a class is particularly difficult for you. And then plan the steps that you'll take to deal with a difficult class. Like maybe you want to find out what tutoring resources there are at school so that you will lead to a better outcome. Or maybe it means changing your schedule so that you have a little more time to study, those sorts of things. Um, Having that plan will help you to not give up. It will help you to keep you on the track, um, and it will lead to more optimism. The second thing, the second tip to becoming a realistic optimist is understanding that no matter how much you prepare, there will always be a chance of stumbling upon an unexpected obstacle. So expect the unexpected and know that you have the inner resources to deal with the challenges and the ability to pick yourself up if you're knocked down. We all have that ability. So you need to do a little coaching, self-talk, to remember that when you hit an unexpected bump, you'll be able to to get through it. It might be difficult, but you'll get through it. And then make it a point to keep from obsessing about unpleasant events along the way in order to keep you from spiraling into defeat. So... um, In his learned optimism, Seligman suggests doing something that we enjoy in order to take our mind off of an unpleasant situation and get us back to a better feeling state. So if something unpleasant happens or you get knocked off the path or you run into an obstacle, rather than trying to deal with it at that moment, if you're feeling really bad about it, is to do something else. 
to do something you enjoy or go for a walk or meditate. Um, get Go out in nature. Talk to a friend. Watch a funny movie. And then come back to it um, in a better feeling state to find the solution. And you're more likely to find a solution that works when you're coming back to it in a better feeling state than trying to deal with it when you're feeling really down and, and pessimistic. And I talk about this step all the time, and that is contributing in positive ways towards somebody else's life or helping your community or helping the world. So if you do something to help other people, if you give without expectation, thing in return, that you are just kind and generous and you give to people either your time or money or, um, or advice, that you will automatically start to feel good, that you'll get a release of of positive feeling um, chemicals, brain chemicals, uh, um, those endorphins that reduce pain and increase our mood, and um, it will automatically make you feel more optimistic. It takes away that feeling of helplessness about the things that might be sad and difficult in the world because you are doing your part to make it a better world. And it has an, uh, an immediate effect when you volunteer or you just do something for someone else. And then, as I mentioned just before, getting yourself into a better feeling state, you can do that through laughing. And I think it's really important to find something to laugh about every single day, no matter what is going on in your life. It's really important to laugh. You know, the comedians who we laugh with the hardest are those who tell jokes about the most difficult situations that we can relate to, that we say, wow, yeah, that is a really tough situation. And they turn it into something absurd. And that helps us to be able to do that in our own life, to not take things quite as seriously, to not let them knock us down. It actually changes our attitude, aside from releasing those endorphins and improving relationships when we laugh with other people. And um, and a good belly laugh is like aerobic exercise, so <laughs> um, it's healthy. And you know, getting back on track to um, or staying on track to following the basics of taking care of ourselves, so eating right, not eating too much sugar, not having those highs and lows of blood sugar, um, getting enough sleep, um, all of exercising, all of those things help us in, in being optimistic because Um, as Elaine was talking about, it has an immediate effect on how we feel and reducing our stress. And it also helps us to feel really good about um, our own health and wellness and fitness. That all helps with, and when you have a pessimistic thought, ask yourself, where is the evidence that this is true? Start to look for alternative explanations for things rather than assuming the worst. So, you know, very often the obstacle exists 
only in our imagination. If we look out at the facts in the real world, really nothing terrible has happened. It might be just a slight change in direction rather than a real obstacle. And a uh, really powerful technique for um, that's used in um, cognitive behavioral therapy is called thought stopping. And that is if you start to, if your mind starts to go down a negative spiral where you're putting yourself down or putting down the situation and it just gets more and more negative, that we could actually just stop the thought. So one way of doing that, if you have a habit of negative thinking, is to wear a rubber band around your wrist. And every time you notice that you're having one of those negative thoughts, you just snap the rubber band on your wrist. Not too hard. You don't want to injure yourself, but you want it to be hard enough to sort of shock you to the point where your your thought stop, literally stops. And it's like, wow, ouch. And at that moment, you can redirect your thinking to something more positive. So you might have to do it multiple times to sort of get into the habit of not thinking negative things or going down a negative path. Um, but it really works. And finally, the ninth step is keep a daily journal or a scrapbook to log your successes. So this is a suggestion by Jack Canfield. He's the chicken soup for the soul guy. Um, And he wrote the book, The Success Principles. And he recommends keeping a victory log, which is a daily journal to keep track of anything that went right during the day. And this will help in keeping you more up. And of course, I'm going to mention the 10th step, and that is being grateful for everything positive that you already have in your life. This will help you to see that you are already enough and that you already have enough. And that then you're coming from a place of um, positive and optimism rather than going towards your dream from a place of desperation, which really doesn't work. It doesn't work very well. So coming from a place of positive and already feeling that you have enough is the the most powerful way of achieving your dreams. All right. So I hope that's helpful and that it helps people to stay on a positive track and, and keep looking for the positive and staying optimistic. And we're going to play some music some beautiful music, jazz, that always helps me feel optimistic, another powerful way of of staying on the optimistic track. And that music will be the music of our next guest, Shara Bourbonnet, who will be joining us on the phone shortly. So don't go anywhere. Enjoy the music and stick around, and we'll be talking to Sharon very soon. Get happy, let the good times roll. Well, everybody's ready to party. Come on, let's go. My fingers been itching to take a ride across the key. Tell the bass to get walking and the drummer to swing that beat. 
This is Dr. Mara Carpell in your golden years on Blog Talk Radio and on drmarakarpell.com. And we were just listening to the music of our next guest, Sharon Bourbonnet, who is joining us now on the phone from right here in Austin. Welcome, Sharon. Well, thank you, Dr. Mara Carpell. I so appreciate you having me on today. And that song was just perfect because the topic I was talking about right before you came on was becoming optimistic and things that you can do to be optimistic. So that was just perfect. Oh, awesome. And it wasn't that's, even planned. That's my little thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, so what's going on with you these days since the last time you were on? You guys, um, I just love, you always seem to call me to be on the show when new things are happening. I think the last time I was on, I was uh, going to be on stage at Leanne Atherton's barn dance. Uh, And that was Uh just a hoot and a holler. And that's when I got invited to go to Spain. So I I went to Spain. This was just fabulous. I can't even... Put into you know put into words, but so I was able to go to Spain and perform at the Pueblos uh, in Montejaque, and we flew into um, Malaga, 
and we went to Tarifa uh, down and went to Morocco down there on the Mediterranean. It was just fabulous, and the and the festival nice. was beautiful. I think you knew are uh, you you know a lot of people that performed at the festival, a lot of people from the valley, um, uh-huh. Emilio and Albert Bastetto, uh, yes, Carrasco. Yes. So there was a lot of good friends there, and it was. Such a great time that we're all going back. Oh, cool. When are you going back? Yeah. So that will be, um, I believe it's August 8th. But I uh, mm-hmm. might be going a little sooner and playing uh, another jazz festival uh, sometime before that. It's all still in the works. And uh, hopefully going to get to play with Joe King. So we've been talking about doing something together. That will be awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah, he was just so on the fame. show a couple of weeks ago. Awesome. He's such yeah. a great guy and a fun mm-hmm. entertainer. He puts on a show, and that's what I'm learning from the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I I I go and I see people that I admire, and I'm like, okay, to add to my, you know, my performance. So. Him and another person that I admire uh, is uh, Kevin. Kevin Russell of Shiny Reds. Really mm-hmm. puts on a show. As does um, my favorite, Marsha Ball. So I uh-huh. look to the best to be inspired. And, right. Uh, that's, I think, yeah, I think that's caused me a lot of success, but was going to see some of the best. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting you talk about the uh, the positivity because that is something I'm so focused on and and putting that into my music and how can music serve people and you know show people how to be positive and it's very mm-hmm. fortunate that I am a music director at Unity Church Austin so I get tons of material <laughs> from the message uh-huh. and I and I put them to task. I actually practice what I preach and, you know, do some meditation and positive thinking and thought. And when I get angry, right. I try and replace it with, you know, not not just like act like I'm not angry, but how can I switch gears to not mm-hmm. let this affect me negatively, you know, down so to is my soul tissue. That song, is that what that song is about, Get Happy? No. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, Get Happy is about my wonderful uh, residency at the Elephant Room. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I wrote that yeah. song because I play Happy Hour. Uh, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it works, you know. I wrote the song because uh, it's it, it is a happy time, and I'm blessed um, to have that gig. You know, uh-huh. a steady residency in Austin is is very cool, and that song just makes people want to get happy, and they're yeah. glad they're off work and it's happy. <laughs> so when do you when when do you have that happy hour at the Elephant Room? It is the second and fourth um, Friday of every month. Okay. And right. I sent some links so that you can you can post those, and I forgot that I'm on Bands in Town. So that's just like it sounds, Bands in Town, all one word. 
And that is a way to find anybody that's playing around Austin or around pretty much the world. You can go to bands in town. And so I have a, a page there that will show you everywhere I'm playing. And that's my website. It directly links oh, great. to that, to my mm-hmm. website. And right. uh, so the bands in town, I'm going to mention that. Because I've had people find me through bands in town, and I'm just floored. They come down to the altar room and they go, oh, yeah, we've been – we listened to your music, we found you, and we came down to see you. And I'm like, wow. That's great. I just got, you know, yeah, just chill bumps. So grateful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the so, Yeah, go ahead. And so have you recently recorded some new music? I did um, to go on tour last summer when I went up north. Uh-huh or the Midwest, recorded five new songs. Get Happy was one of them, Party, Party, Dance, Dance, and uh, The Words, and a couple other tunes. And I'm going to actually re-record those songs again. I'm going in the studio, just like any day now, actually, um, with Chris Gage, who is a wonderful pianist, um, entertainer, performer, used to play on Hee Haw with Roy Clark, was in Roy Clark's Uh band, so... You know, he toured and with Jerry Jeff, and he's just just my idol. Wow. I just adore him. Yeah. So he's he's going to record me, and he's actually my neighbor. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I moved in across the street. I'm like, I'm I'm. I told him. I said, I'm promised. I'm not stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> but his his wonderful, beautiful, talented wife, Christine Albert. So they're my neighbors, and they're, those are uh, two more idols and mentors that uh, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, gain expertise so, from them. So, Sharon, you sent us three songs, so I want to play another one of the songs that you sent us. Okay. And it says here, Gator Tough. Oh, cool. What is yes. that one about? What is that one about? Gator, Gator Tough is about the folks of Louisiana. Uh, being tough and resilient to uh, to bounce back from Hurricane Katrina. Mm, okay. So yeah, we're going to play a so little of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't go anywhere. We'll talk a little more okay. after. All right. All right. Great. soul and I wanted it back. Well, I felt the stir. Knew I was getting close. The salty breeze blowing off the Gulf Coast. Felt my heartbeat strong close to Mississippi. When I heard that music down in the Crescent City. If you want to get up, you know you got to get Like 
All right, I like that. I'm always moving nice. to your music. <laughs> I, it, it's it's New Orleans, uh, New Orleans flavored. And uh-huh. we had played a show down there, and we were driving back in the car. You know, the whole band is, you know, all closed in the car. And we're driving right. back, and I just started writing that song. And it just happened that we were down there on the 10th anniversary of Katrina, and, mm. you know, unbeknownst to us, when we went down there uh, to play some sort of a conference, a music conference, and we ended up there, and it was the exact day of 10-year anniversary. And wow. we went down, we ended up in the Lower Ninth Ward, which was the hardest hit. I tell you, I, just, I get goosebumps every time I even think about it. So we're down mm-hmm. there on the Lower Ninth Ward, and we, I don't know how we ended up there, but there was a parade from the local high school that had reopened, and Nancy Pelosi was speaking. Uh huh. How how is that? I was wow. just like, wow. Am I dreaming? And I know it was just like <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's down here, and you know we could, you, we couldn't have planned it. So I wrote that uh-huh. song because of my love of New Orleans and just my in awe after being there. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. And I so, it inspires my music. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So, Sharon, I understand that you're um, doing some sort of uh, video launch, recording studio launch. What's that yes. about? I am. Uh, I just signed on to this new website. Um, it was uh, uh, recommended to me that since, you know, us as musicians, we don't usually have the income, and some people do like to support the arts as patrons Mm -hmm. um, to help, you know, musicians get their message out there where they otherwise couldn't. And I've had um, deep feelings about, because I play for the homeless once a year when they hand out long johns and such uh, down at the First Baptist Church on Trinity in downtown. I play with the Rock and Gospel Project, and we feed the homeless and uh, we entertain them. And I see them, and I've always thought, Mara, that, you know, how does one go from having everything to, you know, to living on the street, to just losing everything, mm-hmm. and it can happen in an instant. And I see these people, and I'm like, you look like you're, you know, I can just see you, you know, working down at the lawyer's office or whatever. You know, I just, I'm amazed. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so I want to do a video, and I wrote a song called Next to Fall, and I want to do a video and do a documentary mm. and go down and speak to some people. And in the song, it talks about uh, a sax player that was really great. But now he's, you know, he's on the side of the, you know, he's on the side of the road with everything he owns. And people just, you know, don't even think about yeah. that person as being a, as a human, you know. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, they must have, mm-hmm. you know, done drugs or whatever. No, you don't, you don't know. So I signed on to Patreon, uh, I think it's Patreon, and there's a link, and you can go and be a patron of my music and help support me making the video, recording that song <laughs> called Next to Fall, and presenting it to the city council here in Austin, 
And just I look forward to getting the message out there that it could be any one of us and we all need to help mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters out. That's wonderful. And then, of course, yeah. So that's, and I've gotten some support from people that uh, will help with the video that are very drawn to the cause. So there's a chance if mm-hmm. you want to support my music and support the message, you can go to that um, patreon.com okay. side with my name. Yeah. yeah, I'll post that. You sent the link, so I will post it later tonight so people can find it on my website and they can just click on it. And that sounds yeah, great. Then you, yeah, then you can become a part of the scene like I I plan to and I have been posting little videos of me just like writing the song and talking about mm-hmm. these things just to the camera, you know, just going, uh-huh. this, is, this, is, this is moving me and I'm going to start making this visible. So right. I appreciate that. Great. Appreciate the help yeah. getting that message out. Yeah. Okay. So mm. so Sharon, if people are interested in um find, downloading your music, buying your CDs, finding out where you're playing, uh mm-hmm. finding out about all of this, all the projects you're working on, what's your website address? Yeah, my name, uh Sharon Bourbonnet like bourbon, B-O-U-R-B-O-N-N-A-I-S dot com. SharonBourbonet dot com pretty much has everything there. My music, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those basic outlets, you'll you'll find my music. But for full CDs, you can go to iTunes and CD Uh Baby, I think, and and get the full albums. The new one to be coming soon. Really excited about Great. that. Great. Great. And so that's a that's a good site. There was something else I was gonna say that I can't remember. Oh well. Probably coming well, to the actual well, Yeah. <laughs> well if it's important, <laughs> let me know and I'll put it on the web post. Okay. So oh, I know, I what know it was. Okay. Well, I was just going to let y'all know that I'll be playing in the Valley uh, coming up in April. The 1st of April, I'll be down on South Padre Island. Oh, great. we have some listeners down there. The third, Mm -hmm. I I hope to be at a a place called Meatballs, uh, and then the fourth and fifth at a place called Longboards. So I'll be playing down on South Padre Island. And then, of course, my usual haunt here uh, every other Monday at the Driscoll Hotel. Uh, and every other Friday at uh, the Elephant Room. Also, I'm an official South by Southwest artist, and my showcase mm-hmm. will be at the Elephant Room March 14th at 11 p.m. Great. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm writing it all down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, on our way out, we're going to play the last song that you sent us, uh, party, party. And Great. so before you and I stop talking, maybe you can just tell us a little bit about that song, and then we're going to play it after I let everybody know what's happening next week. Okay. Great. So this song, Party, Party, Dance, Dance, uh, is written for my mother. She always said everything twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she actually said... I've got it in a letter that she wrote. And this was something she always said, party, party, dance, dance, because we would go down to South Padre Island 
And one time we were running a little late, and she we called ahead and said, "Please hold hold the doors open because we got a party, party, dance, dance." So this uh-huh. song is dedicated to my mother. It's about South Padre. It's also about New Orleans and just Texas in general. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. All for right. Well, Sharon, thanks so much for um, coming back on the program, and good luck with all of everything that you're doing. It sounds great. You're really busy. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks for having me, and thanks for coming to the show at One to One with Tomas. Yes, that was fun. <laughs> we'll have to get out again. I don't get out to that very much. I don't get out much. <laughs> so oh, I'll keep you, I'll keep you and... up to date so you can come. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> you have a good All night. Right. You All too. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So we're going to play that song after I let you all know what's happening next week. Um, next Sunday, February 24th, we'll be back with another live show. And joining us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, author of Bring Your Strength, J.G. Bocella. And J.G.'s mission is encouraging men to bring their whole selves to the table with their masculinity fully intact in order to co-lead and co-create with strong women leaders and to create a harmonious and profitable workplace and a dynamic where everybody is a full partner. And um, he discusses how men can fully support women in strong leadership roles rather than seeing strong women as a threat. And I think this is really important in this day and age. So that would be very interesting. And then also regular con- regulars on our show, the musical duo Ragtop, Renee and Jim Oliphant will be joining us once again and we'll be playing some of their music and more. We'll be talking about other topics along the way. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the show, get the website links um, with, with my guests, um, then go to my website, drmarakartel.com dot com d r m a r a k a r p e l dot com and all of that will be posted later tonight and also follow me on Facebook for upcoming news Dr Mara Carpel your golden years and you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to blog talk radio b l o g talkradio dot com slash your golden years. This show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald Revere, and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Elaine Nolt and Sharon Bourbonnet. And of course, thank you, Art, and thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, Youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Southern tip of Texas.
Guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 